in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It is your host, John Mayetta. I had a very interesting conversation this afternoon with co-founder and CEO of Zora, ticker Z-U-O, Teen Zhu. Teen founded the company 2007. I met Teen back in 2008 at his old corporate headquarters. At that time, they had about 30 people. And the company IPO'd, we're almost at the one-year anniversary. They IPO'd April 12th of 2018 at $14. And we caught up today and spoke generally about the company. If you don't know Zora, they sort of build themselves as powering the subscription economy, which is a, a phrase that, that Teen coined. And so Zora has a, a central platform, cloud-based platform, that at the core sits a billing module. And there are a number of product modules of, around that. And so Zora enables companies that want to offer subscription-based services a means to execute on that strategy. And the company has a number of customers across a variety of industries. And if you were to go to the website, you would see the following. By industry, Internet of Things, IoT, high tech, software as a service, cloud infrastructure, cloud applications, media, B2C, communications, healthcare, and education. And if you were to look at their most recent financials, they're on a January fiscal year end. The subscription revenue grew 35% year over year in the fourth quarter. Transaction volume was $10.8 billion, and that was up 56% year over year in the fourth quarter. And so what's happening is, as companies increasingly roll out subscription-based offerings, there needs to be a, a means by which to execute that strategy from a mechanical standpoint. How are you going to bill for it? How are you going to recognize revenue? How are you going to process chargebacks? All that stuff. And Zora was very early to the space. They were one of maybe two companies when I first found them back in 2007, or at least two companies that I knew of. The other one being Vendicio, which was acquired by Amdocs back in 2016. And so sort of the, the takeaway coming out of the conversation for me was that, and as we've talked about on this podcast before and written about, it's early days in the space. Teen characterized it as the top of the first inning. And while software companies, you know, it's commonplace for software companies to operate via subscription revenue model, many other companies in many other industries don't. If you're interested in the topic of subscription-based offerings, check out Zora's Subscription Economy Index, which they publish twice a year, and I will link to that in the show notes. In addition, you can check out Teen's book called Subscribed, which I will also link to in the show notes. And tomorrow morning, East Coast time, we'll have out a short article highlighting this podcast and providing a bit of additional detail. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Teen Zhu. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast. This is your host, John Mayetta. Today, I'm thrilled to have co-founder and CEO of Zora, Teen Zhu. Teen is a, a pioneer in the subscription economy, a, a phrase that he coined. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the subscription economy and the evolution of companies as they migrate their business models to a subscription revenue model. And Teen, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. And Teen, we have a, a, a broad audience on the Tech Today podcast, technology investors, technology executives, people outside of technology, folks that have a general interest in technology. And so I thought maybe a good place to start would be if you could share with us your experience as to why you started Zora after being a, 
a very early executive in the space, number 11 employee with Salesforce.com. Yeah, absolutely. We're known for coining the term, the subscription economy. We've got this book called Subscribed out there in the marketplace that serves as a guidepost for companies that are trying to grow their subscription businesses or transform into a subscription business. And um, and so in some ways, it's an 11-year journey, but in other ways, it's really been a 20-year journey with a subscription-based business model. You mentioned I was an early employee at Salesforce. My co-founders came from WebEx, another early software as a service uh, pioneer. And if you, if you boil it all down, the journey at salesforce.com was really about taking this one concept called a subscription-based business model and using it to revolutionize the entire software industry. And most people look at Salesforce to say the, the key innovation was how do we deliver this in the cloud? And that was really, really important. But just as important was to say, you know, let's, let's change the whole model. Let's not make people buy our software and maintain it and administer it. You know, if we can offer it in the cloud or in the internet, since, you know, the cloud term didn't exist and reinvent it as a service and, and, and just think of our business as companies subscribing to what we have, that's ultimately going to be a much, much better business model. Fast forward to 2008 and 2007, we picked up our heads and say, look, this is subscription-based business model. Is this really just for software or could it apply to anything? And, and we looked at early signs. I mean, Uber wasn't around, Lyft wasn't around, but there was this company called Zipcar. And there's about a million people around the world that have opted not to buy cars. They simply walk up to a Zipcar, drive it around, and pay based on the number of miles or number of hours driven. And then we looked at Netflix, which was not this, 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 this video streaming powerhouse that it is today. It was still sending out DVDs. But there were millions of people that said, you know, I haven't bought a movie. I haven't bought a DVD in years. I simply pay my monthly fee and I get access to the entire catalog, the entire library. And it's just a much, much better model. We said, look, this is all the same pattern. And if every company could really go this way to become a subscription-based business model, then that's really exciting for us because we knew how hard it was to build the systems internally to make Salesforce work. And so our vision was really, can we build a set of systems to power the entire subscription economy? And that's what we've done over the last 11 years. Teen, how, how do you go to market? You have a, a, a comprehensive platform, Zora Central, and maybe you could talk a little bit about how you go to market, who a typical buyer is within a, a, a company, and if that may vary by industry. And, and is there a, a particular module and modules that people tend to adopt first as they work their way through the, through the full platform? Yeah, so um, at the core of our system, is 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 a billing engine right and so so if you sort of step back um our set of applications are really around around quoting around orders around billings collections revenue recognition and so these are all classic functions in the cfo's department but what's happening now is when you used to sell products the cfo was sort of an afterthought the finance department was afterthought right you, you kind of ship the product you sell it and then you 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 rely on the accountants to, to count the beans, if you will, so you can allocate things to the right cost centers and, and revenue centers. That's not the case with subscription businesses. And if you think about the industry that is a subscription business and always has been, it's the telecom industry. And the telecom industry doesn't come to you and say, you know, you should buy my switches, you should buy my servers, you should buy my towers and set up your own infrastructure. That doesn't make any sense. What they do is they spend, you know, potentially billions of dollars building in a 5G network and then as consumers, we simply tap into the network, right? We tap into the network, we make phone calls, we consume data, you know, we watch movies, whatever it happens to be. And then we have a pay-as-you-go model. And so they think of their innovations as a service. And when we started Salesforce.com, that's what we realized. Now, what's going on right now is obviously every software company 
fix this way now. You know, don't buy my service. I'm simply going to offer my, 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 my innovations in the cloud, if you will, and you tap into it, use as much as you want. The media companies are thinking like this, right? I have all these innovations. I have all these videos and music on my servers, and you simply tap into it as you want, all right? But every product now is actually smart and connected to the internet. If you buy a washing machine today, surprise, surprise, it's Wi-Fi enabled, connected to the internet. If you buy a car today, it's connected to the internet. If you buy you know, a video camera today, it's connected to the internet. And so we're entering a world where in the next five years, every physical product around us, including tables, chairs, right? They're all gonna be connected to the internet. And, and, and so these things are now services that you can tap into, but now you visualize whether you're a software company with, with a brand new user, you're a media company, someone's reading your content online, right? You're, 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 you're a washing machine company, someone walks up to your washing machine, that user is now going to interact with your device and your machine. And, and, and you've got to figure out how to monetize those interactions. And so in the next five years, you're going to see washing machine companies that say, look, it doesn't cost that much to put in a washing machine, but we'll take over, or we'll figure out how much detergent to use, right? When you got to replace the filters and so on and so forth. And we'll simply charge you based on the number of loads that you do, right? Because that makes a lot more sense. Because as consumers, we don't want to pay hundreds of dollars up front for a product we may or may not use, right? It makes much more sense for us to, to switch to a, a, a consumption-based model. And these consumption-based models need a billing system on the back end to translate customer usage into, into dollars owed, right? And essentially, the finance function, and it used to be a back office function, is becoming more and more a customer-facing front office function. And Tim, just to piggyback off of that, uh, these consumption-based models, and, and we're seeing more and more companies adopt that type of model. In, in your experience, is there a common driver across industries when you look at your customer base as to why they're migrating to more of a consumption-based operating model? Well, you can look at it from the consumer standpoint, or you can look at it from the, the company standpoint. Right? From the consumer standpoint, these things are just so much better. Right. And, 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 you know, the first time you say, well, you might not need to own a car anymore. Uh, it always feels weird, right? Especially for those of us who grew up owning cars, right? Anybody under 30 probably doesn't own a car. Anybody over 30 probably grew up owning cars. But you start using these services. And the first time you use Uber, your need to own a car just got reduced. The first time you use Salesforce.com, you're saying, I don't really want to go back to this clunky SAP stuff. Right. And so these services are much better. They give you they give you choice. They give you, you know, they, they, they give you customization. These are smart services that adapt to your needs. Uber remembers, right, the common places that you drive to. Salesforce remembers your company's policies and preferences and, 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 and all that stuff. And so these simply are much better models as a consumer. Now, as a business, I think the fallacy that a lot of companies have, and I know you did a podcast on this uh, a few weeks ago, is hey, how do I get my customers to rent my product, all right? And so instead of buying my car, maybe they can just they could just pay me per month for the car. And that's not really getting at the heart of these businesses, right? The heart of these businesses are saying, I have customers and in an age of cloud computing, right, networks, smart devices, connected devices, I can actually see how my customers are using my product. And it makes much more sense for me to think of this as a service watch how they're using my service, adapt to it, right? And become, a, and, and grow a better service. And when I do that, when I build these customer-centric business models, what I'm rewarded with is customer loyalty that translates into predictable revenue and a stronger competitive mode. That was our lesson to Salesforce, right? It wasn't, hey, you know, don't buy CRM up front. 
it was this magical moment where we released the first version of our software and we can actually see what our customers are doing and it changed the whole fabric and nature of the companies, the, the, the company that we built. And, and that's why it put customer success at the middle. It, 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 it said we need to earn our customers' business day in and day out. And as a result, we become a much, much stronger company. And, and that's what it, that's a benefit ultimately for, for businesses in the subscription economy. So it seems from, from my point of view, it feels like we're, we're relatively early in the adoption cycle as it relates to subscription revenue models, uh, much further along in the technology industry. Uh, what's your experience as you look across the different industries and maybe where they are in the, the adoption cycle? Well, we are so early. I mean, so uh, obviously cord cutting, I think um, these video streaming services are coming to the forefront and it's shaping people's imaginations and thinking about the subscription economy. And, you know, I, I think I think we're hearing premature uh, conversations about, well, is there subscription fatigue? I used to subscribe to Comcast and now I've got to subscribe to three streaming providers. I, I think I think that's 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 people are missing the point. I, I think we're going to we are in the early, early stages. This is this is this is the top of the first inning for the subscription economy. Software and media are just the tip of the iceberg. The IoT trend connected devices is going to to, to create a whole host of services. Imagine people not buying tractors anymore, but simply paying based on metric tons of earth moved. Right. You don't buy engines anymore. You simply pay for miles flown, and GE has shown that that this is possible today, right? And and so so um, we can't even imagine some of the new services that are going to be released in the next three to five years as products become smart products. You know, furniture companies and office furniture are saying, "Well, why are you paying per desk and per seat? Why don't you pay us per employee?" And we're going to have smart desks and smart chairs, right? That 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 optimize the use of space. People can check into a desk. People check out of a desk. The whole WeWork revolution is going to come into all offices with these smart products and, and, and it's going to be a completely different world. And, and that's why we say, look, when we look at the subscription economy, what excites us most is this is not a five-year trend. This is a multi-decade trend, right? ERP was not a five-year trend. The software as a service it took 20 years for Salesforce to get from point A to where it is today. And so we're looking at a long-term multi-decade trend that gives us the time to really build a, a the right product suite for this next generation of business models, just like SAP and Oracle did for the old business model, right? These, these are good products if you're selling you know, products today, if you're shipping units off an assembly line or off your retail store, you know, store shelves. But in these new customer-based subscription-based based business models, the world needs really something completely different. They need something anchored on billing and something anchored on, on customer monetization, not product sales. Tina, I noticed on the on the website and some of the other marketing copy. There's a and you just mentioned IoT. Uh, certainly, a large opportunity. Is is that an area where you're seeing early traction, or is it more just companies having discussions around maybe how their business model may change at this point? IoT is much further along than 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 a lot of people realize. Um, you know, on 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 a recent call, we we talked about a company called Briggs and Stratton out of uh, Wauwatosa. And, and, and they, they're the world's largest manufacturer of, of, of lawnmowers. And, and the story is very similar, whether you're talking about, you know, GE, whether you're talking about NCR, whether you're talking about Ford or Caterpillar, it's, it's, it's every one of these products are coming off the assembly line uh, with smart devices connected to the Internet. Caterpillar has about two million physical assets in the field. And, and, and by far more than the vast majority of these are, are, are smart devices collecting information connect to the internet. 
And so when you visualize a, a set of lawnmowers out there that are all connected to the internet, the mind just boggles in terms of what can we do with these things? And their first foray into subscriptions is, is actually a, a software platform sitting on top of the lawnmowers targeted at these, you know, what they're the so-called turf companies. Imagine these guys that come out, they do your landscaping, your, in your, in your, in your commercial buildings in, in, in your large, you know, HOA associations. And, um, and there's a workforce management software built on top of the lawnmower to know where people are, right? Um, where do they need to go into in, in their next appointment? And it's a, it's a, it's a pretty exciting, exciting innovation. Now you visualize, you know, connected car services attached to your dashboard, uh, you know, appliance companies that are saying, Hey, you know, we'll just simply install the machine. You pay us per wash or per load. Um, there, there's going to be a whole new revolution of services. And it's not just about all these opportunities with new customers, is it? You have a substantial customer base. And if, if I interpreted one of the metrics that you reported on the, on the Q4 call, you, you reported that transaction volume was up 56% year over year. Subscription revenue was up 35% year over year. That tells me you have a, a number of customers that haven't broken through yet to volume-based pricing. In other words, it's still in that fixed price subscription band. In other words, as they grow, their revenue contributions to you is going to grow. So you still have room to grow within the install base. Well, what's exciting for us is, is uh, when you look at the transaction volume through our servers, it's, it, it shows that these early adopters of subscriptions, right? Whether it's the SaaS sector, whether it's the, 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 the newspapers that are just, just, just on fire with their subscription growth, whether it's these IoT companies that are launching innovations and, and finding the ones that really, really stick with, with their customer base, is they're finding incredible success and they're finding growth. And so the early adopters of subscriptions are finding that this is a large competitive advantage. I mean, Netflix is probably the poster child right now of, of a company that, 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 that's seen this. Um, what is also excites us is, is we see the data. And if you really boil down why subscriptions for companies, it's in, in, in one word, it's growth. It, it, companies are finding new avenues of growth and new sources of growth. And not only that, you know, because we are a cloud-based service and, and, and we can see uh, the data flowing through our servers, right? And, you know, it's our customers' data. It's anonymized and, 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 and it's always their information. If they ever leave the service, they can take their data with them. Uh, but we can see it at an aggregate level and, 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 and glean some lessons really for the entire community. And what we see is that companies that do things like usage-based models actually grow 50% faster than companies that do not use usage-based models. And companies that drive a lot of customer engagements where their customers are coming back and modifying their plans, asking for more users, changing tiers, renewing, suspending, whatever it happens to be, they can grow two to three times faster than companies that have a set it and forget it model, right? Just pay me $20 a month and I hope you forget it and just keep on paying. And so, so growth is really what this new business model is about. And the lesson is if you build your business model based on customer value, then you just focus on delivering customer value, get them to watch more shows, use more of your software, add more users, consume more gigabytes, right? You know, consume more CPU cycles if you're Amazon Web Services and your company grows. And I think that's the lesson from these early adopters of the subscription based business models that I think is really exciting and points that this is going to be the business model of the future. Teen, you just mentioned the, the data that flows through the, through the system. Is, is that an offering that you sell to customers, whether it be benchmarking or best practices, uh, the, the insights that you're able to, to, to glean from the, the data flow? Well, we think the data belongs to the community. And so a couple of things, right? One is um, 
is if you are interested in the subscription-based business model, we try to take our 10 years of history working with companies, uh, again, some of the best companies in the world, and we publish that in, in, in a book that serves as a guidepost for how companies you know, either can grow in the subscription economy or, or shift to the subscription economy. The book is called Subscribed, uh, available on Amazon and, 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 and other channels. But for, as far as the data, we actually take that data and we publish something we call the Subscription Economy Index. And, and we publish this twice a year to show how the subscription economy is growing. This latest one, for example, showed that it's growing slightly faster in Europe than in the U.S., slightly faster for big companies than, uh, than smaller companies, it might be non-intuitive, and that IoT is actually one of the fastest growing sectors. And then we drill into specifics, right? We, we actually publish a series of subscription economy benchmarks or SEI benchmarks to, to, to tease out some of the patterns and best practices for really what, 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 what drives either growth or, or reduced churn uh, or, or, or stronger customer engagement. And then just the, the last thing, Tien, you talked about, and I'm going back now to the, the earnings call a couple of weeks ago. You sort of wrapped up and you know, talked about the strategy going forward for 09, land and expand, grow the SI partner network. But then the one that, that caught my eye was the, the investment in technology. And I noticed the release around uh, the, the five patents. And it, if I read it correctly, it sounds like you're going deeper into the technology stack. A lot of what you do today, I would characterize it as being sort of at the application layer, the workflow layer, if you will, where users interact. But it sounds like maybe now more of the investments go into the infrastructure layer where you're helping customers you know, optimize their infrastructure layer so they're best positioned to capitalize on the subscription revenue model. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, there, there's so much more that we want to do. And, and, and the big picture is this. It's if you look at just the auto sector and you look at what happened in 2018, car sales actually went down. And, and, and this is happening around the world, including places like China, right, where people thought that, that car sales would just go up uh, and up forever. Um, but here's the interesting stat. Car miles driven has actually gone up. And so you're in an era where miles being driven is going up but car sales are going down. Consumption of news is going way up, but individual sales of newspapers is going down. Consumption of music is going up, right, through Spotify, Apple Music. People are listening to more music than ever. People are watching more shows than ever, but individual song sales are going down. And so we're in a world where the innovations that, that whether you're, you're, you're a musician, whether you're the economist, whether you're, you're, you're Ford, right, is, is, is still really, really, really important. But customers are saying, I want to consume those innovations in, in a much more flexible way, right? Don't make me pay all this money up front for your product. Give me flexibility. Give me choice. Adapt to my needs. And the companies that are making this shift, they're saying, we're going to continue to innovate. Our brand is still important. Our engineering proudness is still important. Our manufacturing capabilities are important. But we're going to do it in such a way that you can actually consume my innovations in, in, in the way that you want. Those companies are going to be the ones that, that, that thrive. And, and this is a completely different business model. It's a business model where you put your innovations out there and then people simply consume it. And if you look at the industry, again, I'll go back to the telecom industry. They've always thought like this, right? You never had to go buy servers and switches. You simply just, you know, buy a device, sign up for a plan and make phone calls. They have a completely different infrastructure. These guys don't use classical ERP or enterprise resource planning systems from SAP or Oracle or NetSuite. Um, they have a complex set of infrastructure. It's called BSS OSS systems. It's, it's, it's their industry acronym. And this is what drives their success. This is what allows them to launch new offerings. This is what allows them to do things like triple play and bundling and compete against each other. Every company is going to need that type of infrastructure. 
right? Now the telcos have spent billions of dollars building this and it's too specific to their industry. It's too hard to use. And the rest of the world needs something that, that's, that, that's much easier. It's modern, you know, it's, it's, it's in the cloud and, and so on and so forth. That's essentially our ambition. I mean, we believe that we want to build the platform that allows all companies to reinvent themselves as a subscription, as a, as a set of services, right? And then monetize the way their customers consume those services. And we think that's a big ambition. I think we have a great start with our billing system, with our revenue recognition system, with our platform. But we want to be essentially the BSS OSS for the entire subscription economy. Tian, thanks for joining the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely.